0: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Lovely Rita, meet and maid. Nothing can come between us. When it dark, I tow your heart away. And the war of words is on between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. For a while, Ron DeSantis seemed to be kind of tepid. He seemed to be saying, okay, I'm going to take the high road. Of course, he is now officially in the race and he is officially coming out swinging. So I want to get your take tonight. Do you think Ron DeSantis can beat Donald Trump? If you look at some of the polls, he has a long way to go. He still has at least thirty points until he would overtake Trump for the GOP nomination. Of course, he threw his name in this week. It wasn't the greatest launch. He had so many digital issues. It was so bad that President Biden at the White House was like, uh, here is your uh here's the link that you're looking for, since your link isn't really working too well with your electronic announcement, Ron DeSantis. Not that Joe Biden was actually doing anything, you know, that they don't even He probably doesn't even know anybody sent a tweet out on his behalf. But still, clearly, this is a time where now things are really heating up and it's going to get really, really ugly and it's going to get really, really tense because Donald Trump is furious that we are seeing Ron DeSantis in the race challenging him. He was hoping that Ron DeSantis would decide not to run. He's a young guy. He could wait it out. Of course, he really owes so much of his political career to Donald Trump. If Donald Trump didn't endorse him for governor the first time, he never would have made it. He wouldn't have made it through the primary. He was getting clocked in the primary on the first go around. And it wasn't until Donald Trump endorsed him that suddenly he started to skyrocket. So Donald Trump is like, where's the loyalty, buddy? And I understand that. And I do also think that Donald Trump feels like there is so much unfinished business for him to accomplish. And he doesn't like the idea of a young Ron DeSantis getting in the way. And he again feels like this is the guy I created. Why is he challenging me now? Why is he going after me now? So what do you make of Ron DeSantis? Do you think he has a chance? I'm not so sure. I mean, there are headlines out there that say, um, oh, he is sort of uh, the perfect candidate. There's one that just came out not too long ago. Um, it's in the New York Post. The New York Post of late has not been super friendly to Donald Trump. He doesn't seem to care. Uh, but Ron DeSantis gives America the chance to move on from its punch drunk stupor. That's the headline by the New York Post editorial board. Is that correct? Or is he a wolf in sheep's clothing and not going to be what you bargain for? Is he Trump light? Or are all the labels basically the rhino labels that Donald Trump has been sticking on to DeSantis, especially in the last few weeks and months? Is that going to stick? Is that going to hold? Because, listen, Ron DeSantis seems to be working with the Bushes. Um, That may tell you all you need to know, because, of course, Donald Trump is anti-establishment. The Bushes sure are establishment. They've been angry, of course, at Donald Trump ever since. Remember, he went after Jeb, you know, and ever since he went after, you know, the father. I mean, there's there's been a history there, not necessarily of good blood, as you know, to put it diplomatically. So it's no surprise that sort of Karl Rove, who was Bush's brain, is now with DeSantis. He has pulled in big money. I mean, I was just reading a few minutes ago, $8.2 million is what DeSantis has raked in in the last 24 hours. uh, Since he announced he was running for president, that's an astounding amount. And I'm sure that money was what was talking him into running because it sounded like he was always kind of planning. But when he got big bucks behind him, he was like, hey, I think I can do this. But do you think, He's an alternative to Trump. And if you are a Trump supporter out there, does he look like a good choice for you as an alternative? And do you think it's either Trump or nobody in the GOP race right now? Or do you see him as a viable? I think, you know, there's some things that you could say, wow, okay, he took on a lot of like the woke establishment. There's some things that definitely seem to be sort of the Trump vein. Clearly he's clearly modeling after Trump. And in fact, There's that ad out there, which, by the way, Nikki Haley put out, which is interesting. It's not even a Trump ad, but it's like showing, you know, you see this, you know, Ron DeSantis talking to his child and saying, you know, yes, MAGA is this, MAGA is this. I want to pass these values on. That's when he was all MAGA all the time. But now he is starting to take swipes at his mentor, if you will, Donald Trump. He couldn't get enough of Trump when he was running for governor. It was like, Trump, 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 please endorse me. Please endorse me. Please endorse me. Oh, thank goodness I'm endorsed by you. And now it's like, see ya. So how nasty do you think it's going to get between the two guys? I think it's going to get so ugly and so dirty. And we'll have to see where this one goes, because right now it is Donald Trump's nomination to lose. But we haven't seen the debates yet. And again, remember when Donald Trump was talking to me and John Katsimatidis, he was saying he doesn't know if he's going to debate because he said he was at least 30 points ahead, which he still is now. And he was like, you don't really need to debate if you're that far ahead. So it'll be interesting to see, will he hold true to that or will he change his strategy or will the race tighten where he feels like he's got to do it? Sometimes Trump gets out there and he's done this in in other years where he's been like, I'm not going to debate, I'm not going to debate, I'm not going to debate. Some of it is also to stick it to Fox because he's been angry at Fox, doesn't like some of the coverage they've been doing. He was also angry at the way they let go unceremoniously of Tucker. So, I mean, there's so many different issues here. So it could be sticking it to Fox. They're supposed to be doing the first debate in August. So it could be a little bit of a slap to them. It could be a slap to the other GOP candidates. But a lot of times he did that in the past and then he changed his mind like a few days before or a week or two before. So who knows where this goes? Uh, boy, it's going to get interesting, and that is for sure. Take a listen. Here is Ron DeSantis. Just a little bit ago, he was on a radio show uh, from New Hampshire. New Hampshire, of course, being the first primary state, you got the Iowa caucus, then you got the New Hampshire primary. And this is what he had to say. He is starting to take swipes at Donald Trump.
2: I think a lot of what he's doing is showing uh, everybody that, that he understands that um, I've got a good chance to beat him because he doesn't criticize anybody else now. It's only me. We even peeled off Democrats uh, because, you know, we're addressing, I think, issues that people care about. So I think people are going to be able to see that. And I think, honestly, some of his attacks against me, he's moving
1: to the left. So is Donald Trump moving to the left? Usually he's never accused of that. Uh, but that's an interesting swipe. But the fact that he actually just said he knows I can beat him. That is the line that's making headlines tonight, everybody, that, you know, DeSantis is sounding kind of cocky. He knows I can beat him. He knows I can win. And that's why he's, quote, going after me. I mean, obviously, by the way, President Trump clearly sees that Ron DeSantis is a threat. There's no doubt about it. And that's why he is gunning for him. Um, And that's why he's playing for keeps, just like he did in 2016. Remember, it was like dominoes. It was like, okay, Sleepy Jeb, gone. Small Hands Marco, gone. Uh Chris Christie, gone. You know, you can see it going down the pike. So you can see where he's headed and his strategy. And I will also say, Ron DeSantis, I didn't think was a great debater. Many of you may beg to differ. But when he had that debate recently, you know, it wasn't that reason, but it was with Charlie Crist, remember? And when they were competing to go for governor of Florida, I actually didn't think that Ron DeSantis was a very good debater. Remember, Charlie Crist looked at him at one point and said, uh, will you tell Florida voters that you're in it, you know, basically to do your full term? In other words, that you won't run for president. It wasn't a surprise question. And DeSantis was like, "Uh, uh, 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 uh." all the media was kind of hammering him afterwards because they were surprised how ill-equipped he was to answer it. He wouldn't answer the question, which is, by the way, a noble answer that, you know, he didn't want to lie, I guess. But he should have had a way to phrase it. He seemed like not only was he just kind of and didn't want to answer, he just seemed like he was off his game. The debate wasn't that great for him. And again, if he thought that that was like a tricky question, that was an expected question. Can you imagine what Donald Trump is going to throw his way and what the other candidates are going to throw his way? Because the other candidates are going to try to knock off Trump and DeSantis. Always one and two is sort of who you're gunning for. So if he can't handle an obvious question from Charlie Crist, which everybody knew that DeSantis was thinking about running for president, I can't imagine what he's going to do when Donald Trump tries to throw some curveballs. But in the meantime, Donald Trump is throwing curveballs and he's going after DeSantis for everything. Uh, we're going to talk about in a moment, a few headlines that are coming out about DeSantis. Basically, according to Trump, not doing a good job, even with COVID, saying that Cuomo was even better on COVID. Uh, and boy, my Cuomo interview made a lot of headlines. We'll talk about that. But DeSantis firing back on that. That's a whole other war of words. But now also Trump is bashing DeSantis over the battle with Disney. Take a listen.
3: Look at Disney and what a mess it is. Could have worked out an easy settlement, but no, he wanted to show the fake news how tough a guy he is. He's not. And the whole Disney thing is really very unfortunate. Now thousands and thousands of jobs are being stopped And a lot of people are very upset about it.
1: A lot of people are very, very, very upset about it. Uh, Let's go to Lamar, line seven. Lamar, your thoughts about uh, what's going to be an epic battle?
4: Yes, ma'am. Good evening. I just wanted to say that if Ron DeSantis is capable of betraying a man who moved heaven and earth, to get him into the governor's mansion in Tallahassee. He will betray the American people. The last thing we want to look for is a man like Ron DeSantis, who is emblematic, the personification of the swamp. This man, well, I'll just say it in these words, even a dog man doesn't bite the hand that feeds it. This is not the man we meet in the White House. Thank you.
1: Wow. Lamar, that's a powerful comment. Um, And I do think there's something exactly to be said about what you are saying. And and Trump's putting that in the ads. Trump said loyalty is everything. And then he shows DeSantis saying, oh, Trump's the greatest. Trump's this. Trump's that. Thank you, Mr. President. I never could have gotten here without you. And people are going, well, you say that and now is your chance to run for president. You could wait many more years. Trump probably can't wait any more years, um, you know, and, and he wants to finish the job that he's done. He feels like 2016, you know, uh, was a ripoff for him, he feels. And he says it over and over again. And you don't stand back. Um, I, I do think that does work against him. Uh, DeSantis, I really do. I think he hit it on the head, Lamar. Let's go to Norm. Line four. Norm, your thoughts
2: my thoughts are i love lamar every time i hear lamar i know he's calling from manhattan but he sounds like he's sitting on the porch of a southern plantation <laughs> drinking <laughs> drinking a mint julep. and you know i i mean i i love lamar lamar is one of my favorite callers anyway, by, by the way um, I, by I, the way
1: i hadn't heard lamar lamar you got to call back uh, more often because oh, Lam- i had not heard yes. him on my show in a while. Um, He might have been drinking mint juleps earlier, so he's been going to sleep too early. So when I saw he called in, I was like, he is. He's got he's got that classic uh Manhattan mint julep accent.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think I don't think Ron DeSantis has a shot to beat Trump. And I don't think Ron DeSantis has a shot to beat Biden, unless, of course, uh, my bacon and eggs goes to sixty dollars. Uh, if everything, if everything goes to hell, which is what I think uh, it's, it's happening under the Biden administration, um, the, you know, maybe DeSantis will have a shot. But I, I, I really, he has no personality. I, I wish he did. He's got no personality. He, like you say, like you say, his debate skills are lacking, and he's like nobody knows him in America. And, uh, you know, the the deep state, uh, you know, drive by news They're They're going to basically ignore him. And uh, the only shot, I think, is Trump. And then it's close. And what I'm hoping for is Biden just goes away somehow. I don't know. His dementia gets to the point where he you know, whatever. He doesn't even know his name, which is he's getting there. And then uh, they who replaces him?
1: Harris. You. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, and then we'll have Kamala Harris or we'll have Michelle Obama. I think with Kamala Harris or Michelle Obama, I think Trump has a definite shot to beat beat those two. Um but uh, uh I by the way, through, by the way,
1: Norm, I I yeah. and I'm always honest with you guys. I think by the way, Kamala Harris has been just disastrous. So I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um however, I think Michelle Obama um is uh a force in the Democratic Party, I'm. I'm not saying I agree with her policies, or I'm not saying uh, I that. Know,
2: I, yeah, I think she has a. She's a force with the base. I don't think she will get Middle America. I don't think. Uh, I, I. 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 No, I don't think she's going anywhere. I think she'll. They'll. Uh, She'd do better than Kamala,
1: though, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think yeah, so. I, I think so. There. I think Kamala has shown she can't handle the border. She can't handle, like, so many of these other issues, Norm. I mean, everything that's been assigned her has been like like an F. Um, And she laughs all the time, which is just totally embarrassing. I call her cackles, which is so embarrassing. Whereas at least Michelle Obama, I'll tell you, when she came out on the Democratic Convention, National Convention, years ago, and it was when Hillary Clinton was running, when Michelle Obama came out, it was like, you know, Bruce Springsteen came out. You know what I mean? It was like Michael Jackson came out. Um, It was not. Um the same she got even a much bigger rousing applause than Hillary Clinton, who was the candidate. So the that's the only reason I you know, people who sit and discount Michelle Obama, I think there's right to discount uh Kamala Harris, but Michelle Obama I think could be formidable. So I think if I were Trump, first of you I gotta knock out DeSantis and all the others. But ideally, you're up against Biden or Kamala Harris, I think. That's my personal opinion. We're going to continue with your calls. Norm, have a great Memorial Day weekend. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: So is Trump still the one he very well, maybe because he is killing it. You know what? Let's put it up. It's a Friday night. So is Trump still the one who can pull it out and get the GOP nomination and then take it all the way to the White House, everybody. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. What are your thoughts, guys? Where is this race heading? Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia, line four. Robert, your thoughts.
5: Hi, it's really nice to talk to you, Rita. Um, I think there's mistakes being made here. I'll preface this with saying uh, my intention is to vote for Trump, okay, in the primary. And my intention was to vote for DeSantis in 2028, you know. And I, if you, you recall, I said early on I didn't think he should run because it's Trump's, because he earned it, and he deserved it. But he's in now, okay, and he's going to reap the whirlwind for that. And I'm not saying that's the problem but if you're going to say that dealing with Disney was a mistake, you're wrong. Disney got what they got coming. And since the unemployment rate in Florida is so much lower, the couple thousand jobs that were lost are nothing compared to the millions of dollars of additional tax revenue they'll get now that Disney has lost their favorite status. Okay? Also, he's not a member of the swamp. Stop it. Why are we tarnishing this? You don't have to destroy – Um, DeSantis in order to support Trump and Mr. Trump stop this.
1: Yeah. But, but you know, Robert, you know, the thing about Trump, he can't help himself. Um, You know, anybody who competes against him and and goes against him, that's his style. Uh, On the other hand, in Trump's defense, when you're running for president, everybody does it against the others. You know, you'll slowly start seeing a lot of these others making comments about DeSantis and others, uh, because now it's sort of the race is on. We also may see, by the way, we're thinking we may see Pence get into the race, too. So, I mean, some of it is it's just politics. It's the way it is. It's the way Trump fights. Um, but but in Trump's defense about the swamp with DeSantis, where I do think he's right. Um, and I, you know, I like Carl Rove. I've known Carl a long time. But Carl is very close to the Bushes. And most people contend the Bushes are part of the swamp. So, I mean, you know, and Karl Rove is big time helping DeSantis, and a number of others are too. So, that fits that criteria.
0: It's The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the
1: Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on The Rita Cosby Show. A powerful story coming from Edison, New Jersey, where a man there is lucky to be alive thanks to a pair of heroes, one in uniform and the other in a suit. Woodbridge Township Councilman Kyle Anderson said that he saw a tower of smoke as he was driving. And when he saw that house on fire, he pulled over and a woman who had called 911 told him that a man was still inside toward the back of the house. I could see there was a door open and there was a gentleman who was struggling. So I went and I helped him out, but he couldn't move any further. And I propped him in a seat on the deck. That moment, Edison police officer Joseph Elkumos arrived on the scene. And the officer said, when I got out, I saw the fire engulfing the house. The smoke was so thick, it was nearly impossible for me to even see the man On the officer's body cam video, which was released, you can hear the councilman telling the officer where the man was. And at that point, the officer immediately rushed in and put the man on his back. The officer says, I didn't even talk to the guy or anything like that. I just picked him up, put him on my shoulders, and I ran out to safety. And we went to the front of the house. The officer, who suffered smoke in his lungs and eyes during the rescue, added, when I picked him up, i actually saw he was charcoaled up and stuff like that from the very heavy smoke police are saying unbelievable it is amazing that the man is okay the fire still investiga- uh, under investigation but it's not believed to be suspicious and the councilman there said the officer was the true hero he was the one who threw the man across his back because the man the man really could not move at all thank goodness For our incredible officers, by the way, uh, the officer uh, did have some smoke inhalation. He is back out on patrol and says he is ready for his next call. What a great story and what a powerful story of great teamwork between the councilman and the law enforcement officer saving this man's life. And beautiful to be able to showcase that here on the Rita Cosby show. Well, we're talking about the Battle Royale now that it's only been a few days that Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has thrown his name into the race. And, of course, the war of words started months ago, because I think Donald Trump was hoping maybe if he took some swipes, maybe it would even prevent DeSantis from running in the race. And it sure didn't work, because DeSantis said it's official. We had always heard that he might run in May or June. uh, And sure enough, he threw his name in in May. It was tied with sort of a Florida legislative session. But he obviously saw an opening and he saw some donors heading in his direction. And he also saw incoming from President Trump incoming like this.
3: Number of 2017, John DeSantis was polling at 5% in the Republican primary for governor of Florida. 5%. DeSantis had virtually no endorsements and was being Drastically outraised by Agricultural Commissioner Adam Putnam, the widely viewed favorite. He was going to win. He was going to win easy. He was way up. Ron had zero chance of winning. On December 21st, 2017, a man named President Donald J. Trump endorsed in support of Ron DeSanctimonious. His polling skyrocketed, and DeSantis won the Republican primary 57 to 37. He was down so many points, and all of a sudden he wins by twenty. He was already looking for jobs, but he did it because of President Trump. Thank you very much, Ron. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) In classic Donald Trump style, well, now the big question is: How will Trump fare now that it is truly motto a motto? And also, do you think ultimately it's going to be Joe Biden? Joe Biden is in la-la land. He's on vacation again, taking a long Memorial Day weekend, if he knows even where he is. You know, I mean, things are just so crazy in the world. And there are so many things with the investigation that's involving the Biden family. I'm not convinced that he's going to be the guy on the Democratic side. I think he is. But boy, there's a lot to uncover. And there's been some explosive stuff of late. A lot of it coming from James Comer. His committee says that there is a document that came from a whistleblower and the whistleblower says it exists at the FBI. It's an FBI whistleblower who says that there's a form that shows that an informant gave information, basically saying that Joe Biden was compromised with a bribery scheme, uh, millions of dollars tied to China, Romania. There's another one tied to Ukraine, but that there are documents out there sitting at the FBI and so far, the FBI is refusing to hand it over to James Comer, which makes it even more suspicious. It seems like the document does exist. We don't know if they looked at it, if they discounted it. There's a lot of things that could have happened, but it doesn't look good. And why are they, like, withholding it? If there's nothing there, they should just send it over and say, here you go. We looked at it. Nothing there. Uh, so it gets fishy. And here is James Comer talking about what he believes is on at least one document or two.
6: I sent Director Ray the letter threatening contempt of Congress proceedings if he didn't hand over the document at 3 o'clock. Just a few hours prior to coming on your show, Sean, I received word that the FBI director has committed to uh, meet with me next week in Washington, uh, and we can discuss this, but nothing's going to change with respect to holding him in contempt of Congress if he doesn't turn over the document. Not only do I expect the document, Sean, I expect to know exactly what the FBI did to investigate the validity of the claim, because as I've said on your show before, this claim is consistent with activity that we have seen In other countries around the world, and it all stemmed over the course of 2015 and 2016 during the the end of the Obama administration when Joe Biden was vice president and he took it upon himself to travel all over the world to to some of our
1: adversaries around the world and talk about foreign policy and foreign aid. And he also told Sean Hannity uh, that he will go after the FBI if they don't hand over the document ASAP. Take a listen. We learned
6: something during the, the second conversation we had with people representing the FBA when they came in to talk to my staff. We, our specific request, first of all, said, we want any Form 1023 dated in August 2020 with the word Biden on it. And you know what they came back and said, Sean? They said, well, that's, that would just be too many documents. Uh, we, we can't possibly prepare all that. How many 1023s are there? Uh, with the word Biden just for one month in 2020. Now, the way that I understood the FBI, there are multiple Form 1023s pertaining to Biden. So we had to narrow the focus to say, okay, Biden and the word $5
1: million. That is stunning that there are so many 1023s that they have to narrow it down to say, biden and five million dollars how many 1023s these are like informants tipping off confidential informants with information to the fbi in other words how many people have privately told the fbi they are deeply concerned about the biden family within a window you heard what he said i mean it was within a window too, a very narrow window but that wasn't narrow enough now you got to put in the amount what about 20 million let's see how many come up on that search. What is ahead for that? And by the way, just in the last few minutes, this is interesting. Media mogul Steve Forbes, who we've had here on the show, says that Biden will not be the Democratic nominee for 2024. Now, when I first saw this, I thought maybe it's related to Comer or maybe it's related to some of these other whistleblowers. No, no, no. He says it's because of the stench of the poor economy that at the end of the day, He says they're going to keep trying to hide the, you know, the Hunter Biden stuff and the money deals over and over again. But he believes the economy is so bad that everybody is feeling it when they go to the grocery store. Now we're traveling this weekend. Uh, You know, when you go pop in and try to get money and get cash out and you go, gosh, how much do I have to spend on the barbecue this year? It's going to be a lot more on Memorial Day. There's no doubt. I went to the grocery store the other day. It was like at least twice of what I normally pay. I couldn't believe it. But that's what we're all feeling. And that's what Steve Forbes says is going to do in. He believes Joe Biden, not all the Hunter Biden stuff. And I love Steve Forbes, but I'm not sure if I agree that that's the only thing. Because take a look at this. Uh, the Daily Mail just a little bit ago reporting that there's this email that came out. And this came out, uh newly unearthed emails. These are text messages, rather, that suggest that Joe Biden may have been involved in his son and his brother Jim's business deals with some corrupt Chinese officials. So two weeks after a 2018 New York Times story exposed Hunter Biden's connections to a corrupt Chinese Communist Party-linked oil firm, uh, his uncle, Jim Biden, remember the one who was dodging the press when all this stuff broke, texted Hunter and said, quote, you need a safe Harbor, In other words, get out of the limelight because everybody's talking about you now. And I can work with your father alone. That's really interesting. So you need to duck. I will work with your father alone. And let's kind of hope this goes away. Hint, 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 hint. That's kind of interesting. I think this is really interesting because it says your father alone. And it's to Hunter Biden according to the Daily Mail, and they've been spot on on a lot of other reporting. So what was he working on his father alone with? And it's in relation. They believe the timing tied to this Chinese individual, which certainly shows there were business deals, it seems like, of some sort. So maybe they're connecting the dots here. Maybe the economy, like Steve Forbes says, is part of it. But maybe some of these other things uh, will not be good for Joe Biden. And that will certainly be good news. Or whoever the GOP nominee is. And where do you think that race is headed? Where do you think Biden's future is headed after some of the things that are coming out? I think the next few weeks and months, uh, if the FBI finally hands over some of these 1023s, plural, uh, it could be explosive. one 800 one let us go to Stan. Line seven, Stan. How you doing, my friend? I'm
7: doing good. Monday's my birthday. So, uh, oh my goodness! Happy birthday.
1: happy birthday, happy birthday, Stan.
7: Seven oh, the big 7 By the
1: way, by the way, uh, Rudy Giuliani' his birthday's on Sunday, so you guys uh, share so, a birthday, so a birthday weekend. Say?
7: You want me to say something? I'm not going to. Maybe no, you are like a,
1: twins separated at I'm birth. Not
7: in this life or the next. <laughs> Forget it. Uh, let me say this uh, first of all to Norm. Uh, go to Seven Eleven. You can get bacon and eggs on a croissant or bagel for three forty nine. Where the hell is he going for breakfast? The Waldorf?
1: By the way, Stan, right. that's unusual. Because I'll tell you, go I went. To I told you, I, I went to deals. the grocery store the other day. I was like, I boy, they I would...
7: got the best deals. Anyway, let's yeah. Talk what about. do you
1: get? Like a free, uh, you know, a free uh, tire in the process? No, so... <laughs> it's,
7: good. it's not a bad deal. Anyway, Desantis, uh, do, you're going to be stunned what I have to say. Uh, DeSantis runs. He's waiting for one thing, and his people are. They're waiting for the indictments from Washington and Georgia. When that happens, Trump must respond to them and must answer. So then DeSantis goes to the Republicans and on TV and says, look, he's being indicted. Do we really need this? I'm asking for your support. And you know what? He, they may get it, and hold on, he may beat Joe Biden if he gets the nomination. Just on that. I think that may happen, but the indictments have to go through. And all he has to do, he actually, he's hoping for it. And uh, all he has to do is go on TV and say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Republicans, he's being indicted for what happened in Washington. I mean, we've we, we got to go a different route here, ladies and gentlemen. And, and he does it calmly and doesn't insult him and does it. And he could get the nomination. He may squeak in because Trump, once those uh, things happen— He's in hot water. I don't care what anybody says. He'll be sweating on those. Plus, he has the other thing. All DeSantis has to do is go on and talk nicely and say Donald Trump has been wonderful to us. But we need to go another direction. And I think that will change the situation. So and- here's
1: what I think is going to happen. And and I think there's a good chance, um, Stan, that... There could be an indictment uh, coming from Georgia. It looks like it. They even are saying, like, prepare for August. Washington, too. Yeah, Washington yeah, and too. yes, absolutely. Jack Smith with Washington, absolutely. Right. You're, I, I actually agree with you. I think that indictments may be coming in both. Right. Um, Jack Smith, it seems to be winding down because right. the Trump team decided to, they said they were trying to reach out to meet with A.G. Garland. Usually that happens at the end right. um, when they know they're a target or know that something's imminent. Um and then the other one in the Georgia case, the Georgia prosecutor came out and said, huh, prepare law enforcement, be careful in August. Like, I mean, uh, you know, mm, like, I mean, yeah. you know, so who knows, you know, but but here's where I think um, you're wrong, because I can't look at any other candidate uh, stand. Um, I would agree with you because I feel like any other candidate, if they had all these things, all the indictments. Um, I don't think they could have handled one or two of the issues that Trump has been, he- he- you know, dealing with.
7: Not these ones, Rita. Um, no, not this time. This, I this, don't know, this Stan. This is insurrection and this is traitorous stuff. Yeah, you know what? You know what? This, you know what? this is I, oh, yeah, par yeah, this,
1: for the course because guess what? We heard January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. And somehow they left out the video where like the cops were leading them in and saying, sir, would you like to come in here? Oh, sir. Yeah. Come on. And then if you don't mind. Let me come bring you through this door. Somehow that video was cut out, you know? Um, So my point to you, Stan, you have January 6th, orange man, bad itis. Yeah, clearly do. You've always had it, right? No, and so, he, he, oh he, no, Stan, yeah. Stan, he, will. you know, what's going to happen. It's going to be like, it's like, you know, a roller coaster. He's going to go up again because that's what happened every time they indict Trump. He goes up in the polls. So I would not bank that he does that again after these because Jack Smith, he'd say, Oh, I'm this. He's a political guy. You look at his background. This Georgia woman, boy, is she political. Did you see that Looney Kazooie, George, jur- what jur- uh, was it, the jury foreman? Remember that girl? That was the weirdest. That's the jury. That came back with an indictment in Georgia. if you put any credence in that jury that that is one scary system of justice so i don 't rule out that it, he doesn 't go here we go, skyrocket again um, and be teflon your thoughts dan i 'll let you have the last all word, my DeSantis
7: friend What has to do is wait i mean that 's what they 're talking they 're hoping for the indictments. I think if i 'm him i 'm hoping for and all he has to do nicely, calmly, go to the Republican. Citizenry, those lunatics, and say to them, (laughs) say to them, look, uh, I'm 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 the different situation. You see what's going on, and he talks calmly, doesn't say anything bad about him. Do we really need this? Do we really need this? And he may have a shot against Biden. And and and
1: and by the way, he's already sort of started that because he already at one point, remember early on, said, you know, after it was, I think it it may have been, I have to correct me. I'm not sure if I'm. I think it was after the E. Jean Carroll. And he's oh, it was. Yeah, it was after all the it was after the indictment with the Stormy Daniels money and all that. He took a swipe to Santis and said, you know, yeah, you know, you know, uh, these uh, the women issues isn't good or so, you know, made some women reference. So and now that he's in it for good, you know, for clear, we all thought he was going to chime in. But now he for sure is in. Um I think he will go after Trump on the indictments. And I'm sure he's having those discussions. I'm sure he's between you, Stan. I, I actually think he's probably already. Doing those discussions now. Um, and I think that the people who are donating to him are also thinking there's a chance there's too many scandals, too many this, too many that. But you know what? DeSantis, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for because right now he's like the number two target. Um, if Donald Trump isn't in the race and I don't see any scenario where he drops out or anything at this point whatsoever, but if for some reason he were to drop out, you think that they're not just going to replace the name Trump with DeSantis? I mean they're already starting to go after him. They're already starting to say, you know, that this guy is this, he's that. I mean, they're already vilifying him. They they're treating him like he's like Darth Vader. You know? You know, that that's gonna be like tiptoeing through the tulips if Trump's not in the race. But uh, we'll see what happens, Stan. And most importantly, I love hearing from you. And I always love that your spunk is back. That's a good sign. And happy birthday, Stan, by the way. Have a great birthday.
7: All our patriots have a great, great weekend. All our troops Absolutely. all over the
1: world. Absolutely, Stan. And and have a beautiful birthday. We love hearing from you, Stan. Have a good one. And everybody will continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
8: Never know how much I love you. Never know how much I care. When you put your arms around me, I get a fever that's so hard to bang, You give me fever.
1: This is our tribute song to Stan, because his birthday's coming up on Monday. We got to cheer him on. You know, he sounded great. He was feisty. The it's the morning. second time he's called. He is on a comeback. And we love that. We love hearing from all of you here on the Rita Cosby show. So where do you think the race is headed with DeSantis and Trump? Uh, By the way, uh, interesting comments coming. DeSantis ripping now Trump's claim that Cuomo handled COVID better as governor. Certainly a topic I got into with the governor a few days ago. That's made a few headlines. Uh, So we're going to talk about that comparison and also Target and other big retailers Going woke and going broke as a result. People are not happy. So we're going to talk about that in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, as well as continuing here on DeSantis. Uh, Let's actually, let's go to Joe. Uh, Joe, you've been holding, and I love you. And I know it's Memorial Day weekend, which is such an important weekend.
9: Rita, my love, I'm going to hit your rapid fire. Let me finish. And then, as usual, you will respond
8: brilliantly, Polish princess. First of all, American Memorial Day honors American military dead, not just wartime, but peacetime and accidents. We should be more concerned also with the living American veterans. Sixty-six percent of the homeless men and women are American veterans, and by the time your show is over, and my brother, American sister, uh, one of each will have committed suicide, one every hour. I was on the phone last Friday, this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and today calling
0: religious outreach, outreach of veterans, government
1: agencies. Well, you know what, Joe? Thank you for reminding us what it's all about.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: I know your name is Rita. Because your perfume smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the floor. Talking, well, later on in the hour, we're going to take calls about your reaction to Target and many other retailers and also the military, all of them trying to go woke. And it ain't working. If you look at everything, first off, I want our military to be strong. I don't care if they're woke. I want them to be the best fighting force in the world. You think about how important that is, especially as we are heading into Memorial Day weekend, the sacrifice of those who fought for our freedom You want to have the best military to protect our homeland and protect the world. That's all I, I, all these like the drag queen stuff and the digital ambassador from the Navy. And now there's word that they're looking at somebody who is the chairman of the joint chiefs, the nominee. It turns out he's got some woke in his background. Can't we just get somebody who's a good fighter, a good warrior and a good military tactician. That's all I want from the military. And by the way, from retailers, all I want also is to buy a good product or to buy a cheap product when it comes to Target because there's some pretty good deals there sometimes when you go to Target. I don't want to think about something being sho- shoved in my face, some agenda, some political agenda. And boy, Target is really taking a hit. You have probably seen that this big story, of course, that they originally had this apparel, uh the Pride merchandising apparel that had like a uh, a tuck pocket. They had a guy wearing a woman's one piece bathing suit, basically did the Bud Light campaign. Remember with transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney? Well, they decided to go for the apparel route and they had all these folks, uh, these, you know, outfits on dummies that were posed and for pictures also separately, real life people, um, wearing bathing suits that were clearly women's bathing suits with this, Tuck edition and there were guys wearing them and they put them in the front of the store and they put them on the front of their website and people were like, that ain't working. Especially, you know, people in across the country, bring their kids in there. A lot of kids go to target, you know, there's some good deals. They're buying stuff. It's a family store. So a lot of families and kids, kids were perplexed. Families were puzzled and parents were downright angry. And so target has now lost nine billion dollars in stock value because shares slipped massively over the furor that erupted over this merchandise issue. They finally put the merchandise in the back of the store. Apparently they were ordered at first to put them in the front of the store and they decided to put them in the back of the store. It's still there kind of hidden in a section, but it is there, but they really took a hit. And you think about Bud Light took a huge hit too when they tried to go super woke. I mean, Bud Light, beer. You're thinking about a transgender activist. That's who you're thinking about selling the beer to you. Same thing with the Navy. You're thinking about when a fighting force and you want a transgender digital guy is the only basically new ambassador for the Navy. That's not my idea of uh, flying on the friendly seas. You know, that's not my idea. And boy, that's a new one to me. But now Target has it's been uh, reported in the last few hours? Has given two point one million dollars to an LGBTQ group that actually urges schools to hide kids' gender transitions from their parents. Uh, first of all, obviously, I don't agree with these kind of things being hidden from parents. I think that's not a good idea. And now we're finding out that Target very publicly said, "Yeah." We are helping this particular group. It's the GLSEN group um, that is very vocal about going after, you know, trans rights. Uh, they say they're doing it for individual rights, for kids' rights. Uh, but to go against the parents and for Target to now, it turns out, to be so involved with all of these highly political and highly woke policies this is really, really crazy. And when it came out, it turned out that Target has been working with this group, uh Gilson, for years. They said this is nothing new, that they've apparently been working for this group for many, many years. And they've been involved, yes, very publicly with the gender transitions away from parents, this group, and a whole bunch more. So is it a sign of going woke? You will go broke. And what kind of reaction do you think? target should get Uh, they seem to be very publicly still continuing the support of this group yet still putting this stuff now to the back and not sticking it in the face of other families I'm all for by the way um, you know whatever somebody wants to do it is totally fine if they want to do it especially as an adult I have zero problem with it. I feel like people have a right to express themselves and do whatever but to have a group that's pushing it for children not telling the parents, that is a problem. And I also don't think it's a good idea to be putting Pride merchandise right there at the front of the store when you walk into the store, in a store that is a family store. And it's different if it's like a Pride store or something like that, or there's a Pride march. I am all for people expressing themselves and having whatever their sexuality is. They are welcome to do it. I think it's, it's important. I think people are allowed to do it. But I don't like the idea of going into a store and seeing it right there. And I don't like the idea of pushing for gender transition without parents. So we're going to take your calls on that later on in the hour. And by the way, that is going to be a huge issue in the presidential campaign. There is no doubt. I mean, DeSantis has taken the woke agenda. He's taken it on in a huge way, as has President Trump. But here is Tudor Dixon, first off, reacting to this new news about Target basically funding this group for a long, long time and saying, we'll continue to do so.
10: The CEO has come out and he has doubled down. This is the CEO. So when you saw this happen to Bud Light, you saw them kind of back off. They had a they didn't have an apology, but they sort of said, you know, this isn't the direction we want to go. But that is not what the CEO of Target has done. They're going to keep them out there.
1: They're going to keep them out there. And she is referring to some of the pride merchandise and the fact that they haven't shot away. How much do you think woke agenda is going to be on the front burner? Desantis has made it the top of his mantle. One 9222 One 9222 four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Robert. Line one. Robert, your thoughts.
5: Hi, Rita. You want the uh, target thing or uh,
1: whichever you'd DeSantis. like, because DeSantis, the whole woke agenda definitely will be one of the big presidential issues. Uh, but what do you make of the Trump DeSantis battle?
7: Well, the problem is we have to be more organized as Republicans. We have to be country first, not the party. And we can't be divided like the Democrats are doing to us to have us fight against each other. We need to be organized like they are and fight them so that we win this election.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel that way, too, Robert. I think a lot of people agree with you that there has to be unity because people are going to be so bloodied and battered by the time uh, the GOP primary's over. Uh, although Trump seems to relish that. We'll see if DeSantis can withstand that. Uh, let's go to Phil. In Pennsylvania line seven, fill your thoughts.
9: Uh, good evening. Uh, I want to talk about DeSantis and Trump, but very quickly. I actually about an hour ago drove by a Target and stopped at Walmart instead. So
1: ah, so you did, you yeah. consciously said, forget it. I'm not going into Target.
9: Correct, and I'm also just buying Miller and Coors now too instead of Bud Light or any or any in Bush product. But anyway, um, as far as Trump and DeSantis is concerned. I feel Trump has no chance of winning in 2024, and I proudly voted for Trump in 2016 and 2020. Forty percent of the country hates him. He's going to spend the general election complaining about how he got robbed in 2020, which may or may not be true. Um, But he's not going to win, and DeSantis gives us a distinction, a clear distinction with Biden. You have a young governor who's can run on a track record of success versus Biden, who's mentally gone and has no success to run on. He'll just run on. I'm not Trump like he did in the last election.
1: Right. And and Phil, your point is a good one, because in terms of the strategy of the Biden team, I'm not so sure um, that DeSantis can handle the heat. Um, especially when it gets to uh, the, the Democratic team against him. Because if you think that, that they're going to like not treat him as harshly as they treat Trump, uh, that you got another thing coming. But, but I think, but I think that, um, I think that you're right. He does, he makes a distinction and it will throw the Democrats for a curveball because they like the idea of, uh, Biden not running on his record, but running on being not Trump. And and but I think they'll he'll try to do just change it. He'll say, Oh, he's Trump light. You can already sort of see where he is. He's a junior Trump. That he's a junior. He's a MAGA, full blown MAGA, you know, is what they're gonna say. You can I mean you can already see. I don't know if it changes the dynamics with DeSantis. It's just a different name.
9: True. Um I will just say this. I, I also think if I were DeSantis, the way I would come after Trump is you stuck with Fauci too long. You listened you listen to Dr. Birx too long. You listened to these people too long with COVID. You forced down this vaccine that, at best, doesn't work. Um, and I can see Trump trying to re- rewrite how he handled COVID. Now, granted, hindsight's 2020, but. DeSantis did a great job of it in Florida. That's why everybody moved there.
1: Well, by the way, that is definitely sort of the latest thing. And we're going to talk about that too soon, Phil, because you're right. That's definitely the the battle over who handled covid. How is it handled? Uh, Trump has been taking some swipes at um, at DeSantis, basically saying that Cuomo handled covid better as governor than DeSantis and then DeSantis fired back and exactly what you said, said, why did you basically keep Fauci um, at the helm? Why didn't you fire the guy? Why didn't you get rid of the guy? Um, and why did you sort of proceed with, you know, with the the vaccines and a whole bunch of stuff? So I, I think a lot of that is going to be a really interesting battle uh, point for both of them. There's no question about it. Uh, Phil, thank you so much. Let's go to BJ Line 4. BJ, your thoughts?
8: So, you know, um, I'm like, I, I, I'm really not liking, uh, by the way, happy Memorial Day to everybody.
1: Oh, thank and, you. And uh, it's an important yeah. day to honor, we, honor those you. who have made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, you know, and yeah. for our freedom to, to vote and express ourselves.
8: Yeah, I agree. And and uh, uh, don't forget uh, those who uh, gave their life for freedom and served our country because uh, we wouldn't uh, be worrying about it uh if uh if they weren't there for us. So uh anyway, absolutely. I, Thank I told,
1: you BJ for saying that. Thank you. You're quite welcome.
8: I, I, I you know, the, John, Ron DeSantis is uh really he's really going low. And uh I'm liking Tim uh Tim Scott more and more. Uh he's a class act uh and uh I like his style more and more. I like his grit. Uh and uh I think um uh, the way Ron is going, uh uh Tim Scott is gonna be uh the VP choice. Um you know, uh as far as uh can I can I just say this about uh uh the uh uh target people, you know, the target rainbow.
1: Yeah, folks. please. Oh my god, you know, go
8: ahead. You know, um <laughs> That was a great corporation one time, but you know, like all corporations, they got shaken down by the woke mafia. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to pass this cost on to you. Like every other organized crime organization, they shake down businesses and they say, "Look, you're going to do what we say, otherwise we're going to shut you down. Uh, we're going to say that you're racist and you're thisist and that thatist." And uh, so they they have all of this crazy merchandise they're grooming the children with this lifestyle stuff they're engaged in in discussions and debates they should really have no position on and they're trying to stuff us down uh, stuff this down our throat between them the uh, uh uh, uh, the nuns of perpetual uh, indulgence and all of this insulting of the uh, Christians. Uh, I won't put another diamond target or Disney or any other rainbow uh, pot of gold. At the I'm going to keep the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. How's that? How's, how's that grab you?
1: That's because a good I, one. That's a good line. And, and you know what? I It's turning people off. Um, you just heard the guy who called before said he drove by. He had a choice to go to Target or Walmart and he went to Walmart. He was like, I'm heading in. Um, so to me, it's a sign of the times. And I think people are fed up. I think the, the, you know, the, you know, the Bud Light really kind of like, I think just got to people. There was, you know, that, and we saw the amount of money that was lost. I mean, that was sort of the opening salvo, if you will. And you would have thought after that, somebody would have said, you know what, maybe we got to be careful. Um, and I think now people are just at the point where they're fed up. At first it was like, wait, is this really happening? Are they really doing this? And now it is so transparent and people also feel like I think emboldened that they can speak up finally, you know, and, and so I think that's a good thing. Listen, people can choose where they shop and people can choose where they don't shop. And, you know, I just would like companies to just stick with products and not get so like I'm never going to look at a, a bathing suit the same way again. Thanks to Target. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Now, Ron DeSantis is firing back. You were just talking about the back and forth with Donald Trump and DeSantis. DeSantis coming out and saying Trump should have fired Fauci, didn't do a good job with COVID. And in return, also earlier in the week, we heard from Donald Trump, who basically said that Florida did a worse job than New York Governor Andrew Cuomo handling the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh Well, I talked with Cuomo. It made a lot of headlines on Tuesday. Uh, here's a little bit because Cuomo was saying that other states also did not do as well as New York. And it looks like Trump is, fight, you know, feeding into that. Take a listen. An audit that came out later by the New York State Comptroller uh showed that your New York State Health Department intentionally concealed the deaths of more than 4,100 people in nursing homes. Not. That's what the Comptroller said in his report.
4: Yes. Yeah it did not say say that what it said was this the numbers we reported every day was this many people died in a hospital this many people died in a nursing home two numbers every day they then asked for a new number how many people died in a hospital who had come from a nursing home which is a valid question but it requires a whole forensic audit to figure that out now, because you have to trace where everybody came from. Uh, and they said, oh, but uh, you didn't count. You counted as a hospital death, a person who went from a nursing home and died in a hospital. Uh, and that's what the numbers were what we always said they were. But, read. I just want to make this this point because it was terrible across the board. But Massachusetts. More people died in nursing homes per capita. Arizona, New York State wasn't even in the top 10 of deaths in nursing homes. But what, so but, but, if but, it was but. so terribly handled, we had it first, we had it worst, and at the end of the day, our death rate per capita wasn't even in the top 10.
11: Well, let's
1: go to the calls. Let's go to Eileen, line one. Eileen, your thoughts about all this?
11: Hey, Rita. We met the other night at um, Janine Pirro's book release.
1: I remember you and your husband. And and by the way, you told me you listened to the whole Cuomo interview.
11: I did. I was listening on my way home from work. And
1: one of the things that I love so much about that interview is how you really... Oh, Eileen, we're losing you. Call us back. We're losing you. You're dropping off there. Call us back. And everybody, we'll continue after the break.
0: It's The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
1: And in tonight's support, our hero segment, a powerful story coming from Ocean County, New Jersey, Manchester, New Jersey, in fact. And it was a day of celebration just a few days ago, not only for Joseph C. Longo, but for his entire family as well. Army veteran Longo received a special proclamation from Manchester Township. A motorcycle parade by members of the American Legion Riders. And he also celebrated, get this, his 105th birthday. Well, he is a member of the greatest generation and also was a private first class of the U.S. Army, proud to have served under General George Patton while stationed in France. And to commemorate his 105th birthday, an honor guard of 18 American Legion Riders presented the colors, And an American flag. By the way, the Longo family not only includes 105-year-old Joseph Longo, but his brother, Peter, who is 100 years old. And they were all there for the festivities. What a beautiful and powerful story. And I love when we do our Support Our Heroes segment every week here, where we honor our great military. Well, we are talking indeed about President Trump swiping at DeSantis, basically saying, you know what, you didn't do a very good job with COVID in Florida after all. Uh, Basically saying that Andrew Cuomo of New York handled the COVID-19 pandemic better than the Sunshine State did. And in return, DeSantis firing back and saying that Fauci should have been fired by Trump. And Operation Warp Speed, he questioned because he also questioned the vaccines in general. What are your thoughts about where this battle is going? And what do you make of the comparison about Cuomo and also DeSantis? 1-800-848-9222. I see Eileen is back. Eileen, uh, you and I were talking. You came over to me. You heard the interview with Cuomo. Your thoughts?
11: Yes, I did. And I thought it was a great interview as we spoke the other night. And the one things I, one of the things that I thought, that was great about that interview is how you held him to the fire on a crime issue in New York. And because of his policies that he put in place now, the fallout of what we're dealing with in New York. And it's a disgrace. And I applaud you for holding him to the fire for that.
1: Thank you very much. And you know what? I think it's just important. I think, you know, family members, all New Yorkers, uh, deserve answers, and I'm speaking about family members who lost loved ones in nursing homes, and um, you know, you he, he, he got to an answer to that. There were so many people that perished. At least to give us some perspective, I wanted to be tough, but I wanted to be fair. Um, and a, a, he was dodging and weaving. Eileen, my goodness, it was like I came, I came back at him like a million different ways. So, and most of the time, he didn't answer the question. Your thoughts?
11: Absolutely no, he didn't, and I don't think he will ever answer those questions because I think he feels he's above answering those questions. And the other thing I wanted to mention is a little off course, is that, you know, it's ironic as we're going into the holiday weekend, you know, honoring our veterans and everybody who has perished, that how we're honoring LGBTQ for a month, but our veterans get one day. I don't know. I don't know, Rita. I think that's a little lopsided,
1: don't you? Yeah, you know what? That's a great point. Um, You're right. They get a whole month. And you're right. There's one day. Um, and and I, you know, I think, by the way, Eileen, and I remember talking with you at Judge Janine's party at the book party um, and you and obviously your husband are very patriotic and probably like me, honor uh, those who have fallen uh, fighting for our country's freedom every day. I think every day should be Memorial Day and that we don't ever forget the sacrifice of those who fought for freedom and made this country great and put so much on the line for our democracy and where we are today. So to me, I'm always one of those people. Every time I see someone who's a veteran, especially an older veteran, I thank them for their service. Or if I meet, you know, a Gold Star family who's lost a loved one, I always say anything. But, you know, you bring up a great point. Uh, There should be more than just one day where we're honoring. And you know what I also think, Eileen, too? Memorial Day, um, a lot of people are out there having barbecues. Having fun, you know, toasting, doing that. And they really forget, I think, sometimes the real meaning of what Memorial Day is. And I think it's so important that we don't forget the true meaning of Memorial Day. There's a lot of young people. Uh, I think we should bring back, uh, you know, issues about patriotism back into our schools and teach them some of those values of what it means, sacrifice. Um, you know, earlier tonight, Eileen, you know, I do a uh, Cats and Cosby with the great John Katz and at five o'clock on WABC radio. And we talked about Normandy and I don't know if you've been to Normandy, but to me, you go there and you see that beach, uh, the beaches, but I think about Omaha and of course, Utah, um, especially, but I, when you go there and you go to Omaha beach and you go, how did anybody survive? You know, I think every kid in America needs to go every American, not just child, but every American at some point needs to go to Normandy and understand what sacrifice really is about. Eileen, your thoughts?
11: Absolutely, Rita. I'm going Sunday with my mom. Um, my mom lost her dad, World War II in Tunisia. He was uh, missing in action. His ship was blown up at at sea. And I'm going to go see my dad's grave, who was in a, v- a Vietnam vet. And, you know, we're going to lay our flags and we're going to, you know, make sure that they are thought of that day. And that 's what's important to that day, not the barbecues, not the sales in the stores, but the true men who sacrificed everything and the families as well, until this day, you know we're still sacrificing, and for our freedoms to go out there and to be able to be able to speak our freedoms and not have them trampled as they are today.
1: One thousand percent, one thousand percent, thank you for reminding us of obviously the importance that uh, you and I understand, but it's important that everybody understands the sacrifice of Memorial Day. And give your husband a big hug. It was so great meeting both of you guys. What a pleasure that was. Thank you so much, Eileen. Have a great and uh, and blessed and also memorable Memorial Day. And everybody, Eileen was talking also about how important it is to stay focused on what Memorial Day is about. We were talking about Target going woke. How about, sadly, the U.S. Navy? Do you remember it wasn't that long ago that the U.S. Navy actually turned to a drag queen to use to attract recruits? I mean, what is going on with our military? Think about about the guts of the people storming the beaches of Normandy, and now they're trying to entice people to join the Navy. Just recently, they put out this ad with the first naval digital ambassador, and it's a transgender individual. It's a drag queen who is in uniform at one part and then in a dress in the other, a guy. And, a boy, um, that's not what I want our military to be. I want people to be able to express themselves, but I want our military to have the guts to storm the beaches of Normandy. Uh, this is what Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, of course, of SEAL Team 6, uh, the guy who killed bin Laden, had to say when he saw that drag queen ad for the Navy. First and
2: foremost, I'm a believer in freedom. And whatever you want to do, you should be able to do it. But we do not need to be promoting someone's—you uh, don't join the military to, uh, to show yourself off. The first thing they do is they shave your head. Then they put you in the same uniform because this is a uniform military service. And uh, one of the pillars is deterrence. And putting someone dressed in drag on a Chinese infiltration platform is not going to deter China from doing anything. They're not doing this in China— but they're, they're not, not only allowing us to do it, but they're encouraging it through their espionage. And uh, look, drag shows, awesome. I've been to some. They're fun. There's a time and a place for everything. This is not the time. That's, that's the point that I'm making. I'm not anti-anybody. It's just like we got a military to, to go break stuff and to kill people, let the diplomats do this nonsense. And the way that I put it is, is um, we're supposed to be fierce, not fabulous.
1: We're supposed to be fierce, not fabulous. That's a great analogy. And we talked to uh, the former assistant uh, assistant of the Air Force, Ty McCoy, one of the senior guys in the Air Force for a long, long time. And uh, he had this to say. He was on with Katzen Cosby earlier. And this is what he had to say about the military going woke.
12: The activities that have been going on with the Denigration uh, of the military, the demonization of uh, many aspects of uh, our society uh, and the uh, the founders and the values, the faith and the like, uh, that discourages uh, people who are willing to potentially serve in the military and sacrifice their lives. And so they're wondering if everything is so bad about the country and so bad about uh, what we've perfected in our union then they doubt whether it's worth serving. And that is a good way to end up with a military that is understaffed and is unready and unwilling to fight. And that's a very dangerous thing.
1: Boy, is that a dangerous thing. And again, coming from the U.S. Assistant Secretary of the Air Force, Ty McCoy. And he said, most importantly, you know, people aren't supposed to know about each other's sexuality. They aren't supposed to be. They're all in uniform. You shouldn't be looking at somebody in a drag outfit. You should be focused on the mission at hand. And boy, is there some scary stuff out there if you look at what's going on with Russia, Ukraine, China. There's a lot of hot spots in the world. And right now, we have to be laser focused, not thinking of woke like Target is, and also like this naval recruitment video and so much more. Here is Ty McCoy about the mission that our military needs to be focused on and nothing else.
12: One of the great strengths of the military. Uh, in our military in particular is uh, is technology, which we're very good at, and which we have uh, worked to really resumount and to to get our military back up to, to the uh, super superiority in technology that we have. But if you don't have uh, men and women that can get along and that can bond together, that don't respect the uh, overall culture and the uh, belief in America, and they, they can't work together because they've been factionalized, uh, then you have a very weak military that is unsteady and unready. And uh, that's a very great danger. But-
1: that is a big danger if they are unsteady, unready. Um, and what was the line that Rob O'Neill said? He wants them to be fantastic, not fabulous. <laughs> 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John, Pennsylvania. Your thoughts?
5: Yeah, Rita, you're hitting the nail on the head. Uh, I've been in six years Marine Corps. My whole family, as far as my father and all my uncles, went through the military. They joined World War II because we were in trouble. We can't have these guys wearing dresses sitting in a foxhole. Who do you want to send around? Somebody who's going to send them around or somebody who's going to say, hey, I just joined because I'm getting bonuses for being in the military. This military
1: crap
4: is just all screwed up.
1: You know, and, and I hate to, to sound, uh, you know, cold, but I, I'll, I, I agree with you, John. I mean, I think you can't have all these distractions. You got to be laser focused in a world where there are so many uncertainties right now. There's so much danger happening in the world. And it, you know, the fact that our military right now, and we've even seen it all the way up to the secretary, you know, we've seen it from the highest le- levels. Uh, they've come out and the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, has been, you know, testifying about how important the woke agenda is. You have even seen Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, who is resigning soon. Um, but, you know, you got that guy. They're out there testifying, talking about how we're trying to be inclusive and we're trying to do. I mean, that's not what the military should be. I am all for, you know, inclusivity and I'm all for Making sure that people are indeed, um, you know, appreciated of all stripes. You know, I mean, I think it's important, but the military is where I want the best fighting force in the world. I want the most ferocious person. And that's why I've even talked about, I'm a big woman supporter. You guys know I'm a big advocate for women 1000%. Um, and I think there's moments where women need to speak up and be protected by far and defended. Um, and, you know, I am 1000% of that. However, you know, if it comes down to a man who's much better or bringing a woman in uh because you want to have a quota in the military, that's not a good thing. I want a I I want a fighting force that knows how to win a war. You know, that is the only thing I care about. And that's the only thing that they should care about. I mean, we boy have gotten off the rocker that we're so caught up. And making sure that there's pride clothing in the front of the building in Target or that the first digital ambassador for the military turns out to be a transgender person. That breaks my heart because the minute something work, you know, happens, uh, what are they going to be too woke or are they going to try to figure out like uh, who goes here and who goes there? I mean, you can't have that. That is not a good thing. Uh, let's go to James. Uh, line seven. James, your thoughts.
6: Well, what are your examples of our supposedly woke military um, failing to be able to fight? Do you have any? Uh,
1: well, we haven't luckily had to really go to war recently. But guess what? You don't think uh, there's threats out there, James?
6: Iraq? Afghanistan, I, Iraq?
1: We haven't really gotten woke until recently, James. I mean, I, 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 I think when you think about, I can just, maybe you know better, but from my standpoint, a lot of this stuff hasn't come out until really the last few years.
6: Well, I don't really know better, but I don't think you do either, because all you're doing is, you know, positing these hypothetical scenarios. Nothing like that has ever happened. So you're just fear mongering. Actually, you know, actually, actually, you know, actually, I'm not James. Actually,
1: actually, I'm not James. Let me just ask you. And, and, and by the way, I am not someone who I do not care what somebody's sexuality is as an adult. Absolutely. Um, and as a, you know, child too, as long as it's the parents are involved, all of that is, is obviously individual decisions, family decisions, all of those things, right? Um, but you, I, I'm not sure where you're going that you think, um, any of this stuff matters to be the best fighting force and the strongest. I just think any distractions are not good for the military. That's where I'm coming from you know the 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 military seems to be so caught up in some of its leadership they are so caught up in these quotas so caught up in all these other issues i want them to be caught up and do we have the best readiness do we have the best training do we have the best all these things that's what matters and and folks are absolutely allowed to express themselves and do all those things um that's what america that's what life's about so so that's not the issue I just think the exception is in the military. There can't be any distractions. You know, you, you don't want to have somebody in the foxhole uh, thinking about having a little hoochie coochie, a guy and a girl in the foxhole. You know, yeah, yeah, I think And when you're in the foxhole, you want to be thinking, OK, how are we going to charge the enemy? And and sadly, there's a lot of threats out there. Thank goodness we don't have to deal with them right now. Um, but we really have gotten into all of this stuff. That is such a distraction from the mission at hand, and that is obliterating the enemy. Thank goodness we haven't had to really go in battle of late, but uh, that's going to come soon. And I'm talking in the last, like, two or three years since all of this quota stuff, uh, you know, has been really, really, like, just highlighted. But but I hear your point, and, and I appreciate everybody. Uh, I just think the military by far is the exception to the rule. 1-800-848-9222.
0: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
1: Well, I think some of the folks in the front of the Target store might enjoy this. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, by the way, I always love Hawaii Five O. That was a great, great, awesome, awesome show. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, line eight. Tony, your thoughts.
10: Hey, Rita. You know, it was an amazing show tonight. And I don't want to comment on just Sam Simonius and um, President. Trump tonight, but I do want to say it's been a very exciting week in Wokeland because Congressman Comer is hot on the trail of the Biden family, which just makes me so happy. And also America is getting smarter at the woke game and they're not happy about it. So I'm seeing a lot of things coming together, which means kicking out the Biden family I see maybe if all goes well, they may not even be allowed to stay in Delaware anymore. There'll be signs up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows?
10: Wanted. Wanted. So that's the first thing I want to see. Biden out and then we'll, you know, we'll take the next step. But of course, you know, we have to get Comer on the, on the trail and I'm really excited to see where this is all going. Well, he, by the way, Tony,
1: he seems, he seems hot on the trail um, because he says that he may hold the FBI in contempt if, uh, they don't hand over that document that he says shows alleged bribery tying to Biden. And then I read you the new, uh, text message that just came out a couple hours ago. So, uh, he seems like he is really hot on the trail. And of course, let's see where the facts are. We want to be fair to everybody, but let's see where the facts go. Uh, right now it doesn't look good. And then to have this text message about Jim Biden. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Let's go to Jacqueline, line one. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hey, Jacqueline, are you there? Jacqueline, call us back. We're losing you. Call us back. Call us back. Uh, Let's go to, uh, actually, let's go to Pauly, line two. Go ahead, Pauly.
9: Hi, Rita. Nice talking to you. Um, I've got a question about uh, Brittany
4: Brittany Grimes.
1: Yeah, Griner, Griner.
4: Greiner. It's amazing how she's standing for the American flag now. Yes. Yes. I heard that. I heard that today with Bo.
1: By the way, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Pauly, because you're right now. She said when she hears the anthem, it has a whole different meaning for her. Sad that it took it to go all the way and get thrown in prison in Russia to realize that. But it's nice to see. And I hope it influences other athletes. I hope it influences other Americans. And everybody, think, of course, about our veterans who sacrificed so much this Memorial Day weekend.